are so honored that you're here with us for season three. We want to share, connect, and grow the paper flower community with you. Welcome to Paper Talk. Thank you for listening to this episode of Paper Talk. Today's episode is sponsored by patron, Arietta Vent White. We appreciate your donation and we're excited to keep creating content for the paper flower community. If you're interested in supporting us, head on over to our Patreon page at www.patreon.com backslash paper talk and sign up as a patron. We would love to see you there. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Paper Talk. Today, we have Holly Chapel with us, and I think she needs no introduction other than that. Nothing <laughs> else. Nothing else. But she's been on our podcast before. She has a flower farm that's super beautiful that we're hoping that one day we can go visit. And 2022. Actually, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's called Hope Flower Farm. And she's a floral designer, a teacher, a mentor. She has a floral business, and that's run under Holly Hyder Chapel flowers and she also has a chapel designers like she's everywhere and she's a superwoman and we are so so thrilled to have you here taking some time off of your busy day to speak to us hi holly hello you're so sweet i bet a bunch of paper flowers have no idea who i am paper flower artists oh, don't no. know who i am they do because we name drop you all the time we're That's like if funny. you need inspiration on learning how to do floor mechanics mm-hmm. we always point to you you are just That's awesome so talented and so amazing yeah and we love your so, pillow because it yes. works with our paper it flowers works too so well with the paper flowers it's amazing yes i have sent out your pillows to my posy box subscribers so all of my posy box subscribers have received your pillow so they that's know exactly wonderful. Mm-hmm. that's so cool and you know i don't even know if i told you this but we've started shipping just the pillows out so if people need just pillows like or a collection of all the sizes we're doing that in case anyone needs them so Yay. wonderful. okay, okay. quick uh-huh. little advertisement what what sizes do they come in? And can you give us a they're, tip? They're four, six, eight, 10, 12 for the pillows. So that means even a large urn can be designed with the pillow. And then we have eggs in size four and six for bridal work or bridesmaids work. And then the nine can be used. And a lot of people don't know there is a nine inch can be used for oblong vessels and containers, or you can even I mean, all of these things really were beautifully hung on a wall as well with like command hooks or just nailed onto the wall. And then you can design in them while they're suspended on the wall for like fun installations. Yes, I'm actually going to bring your pillows to my L.A. workshop that I'm holding next week. to be able to install these really cool pieces together. I can't wait to show you. That's exciting. I'm proud of you for traveling. It's starting to feel like we're getting back to normal. Yes, I'm vaccinated. I feel so relieved to have that off my shoulders. And it's just really an amazing feeling to be able to like start moving and slowly hanging out with people again. I'm still... Yeah have my reservation, but I'm also like nervous and excited all at the same time. (laughs) Me too. I feel just like that. So, so today you guys were going to ask me about my processes, right? Mm -hmm. For booking new clients. Yes. So do you have a question that you want to start with, or do you want me to just tell you how we kind of do things? I would love to see if, how do usually clients reach out to you? Do they reach you out by phone, website, Instagram? Like how, what's the 
best, how do people reach you? And then how do you process and screen your future customers to see if they're a good fit for you? And then also, how do you, once you finalize everything and put the proposal together, how do you invoice them? Okay. So once upon a time, when I was a one-man band, I think I created maybe potentially a lot of bad habits in that I was so hungry for the inquiries that I would answer people anywhere and everywhere. If they wrote me on Facebook, if they wrote me on Instagram or left a voicemail message or an email and, you know, we were running around in circles trying to catch all of these leads. And I just always first encourage everyone to send an email to the studio and explain that it could be lost if we continue to do direct messaging. It's Mm -hmm. just not a good business practice. Now that I have someone who helps me, the emails are all funneled into a new inquiry list and we reach out to them and start the ball rolling, usually with a conversation, simply because I, if you really are busy and you don't care whether you get the job or not, then perhaps you won't take the time to call them. But if you want to have a, a business that's booking consistently and has a good, good vibes out there in the industry and your customers, whether you book them or not, have a good feeling about the process of working with you, I think a phone call is always in order. I will tell you that because we are being mindful about how much work we take because we are teaching and we are working the farm and, you know, hosting events and things here. I I have kind of gone to put up a little bit of a hurdle for them to jump over, mm-hmm. which is how we know how serious they are. But I would only encourage you guys to do those things if you're at a place in your career or your finances where capturing everything is not crucial. Okay. And that's a decision to make. If you want every single inquiry that comes in, then I would be mindful about calling every single person back Mm -hmm. and building a relationship with them because that time that you spend with them, getting to know them and investing in them is what will make them book 100%. And particularly when people don't know your business or your brand. Mm -hmm. So there are often these inquiries that just come in random. They see our email and they will inquire. And then there is a new client inquiry page on my website. And that's where we created some hurdles. We were very clear about our company, what we do, what our minimums typically are, so that if you perhaps could not meet our minimum, and we don't say it minimum, but we say our weddings typically run from this price to this price, that they would not inquire, right? Because we have so many emails coming in, we're trying to decipher who is our client before we invest time in them. Mm-hmm. So that is why we have those hurdles in place. We even ask them to tell their love story and um, explain a little bit about their history as a couple with us so that we know who they are when we are about to approach this first phone call. But again, if they're willing to do the work, that is an indication that they are someone who really wants to work with us. I think there's also some conversation about the fact that, you know, flowers really matter to us and design is really important. And if you're just looking for the least expensive floors, we might not be the the best Mm -hmm. stop. Now, the other really awesome thing about our business is that the smaller events we do 
send them to Hope Flower Farm, which is a brand that will handle all different price points. So Holly mm-hmm. Chapel Flowers has a tier that's higher and more expensive and you can just be there and that you can do that. Or if you are getting inquiries that you don't want to mess with, but you feel like you're leaving money on the table, you can build another brand underneath that, which in this case is Hope, Hope Flower Farm. So those smaller events are sent into our retail, I don't want to use the word funnel, but retail mm-hmm. pipeline and they're handled by not myself personally. So if you as a paper artist, you know, have a, a team or other people that are working underneath of you, you can set them up to start making money for you and managing these inquiries. Does that make sense? It does. Mm-hmm. I really love the word that you use hurdles because I feel like sometime a bride or a bridesmaid just spam all these different vendors with the same inquiry without thought and they're just checking to see prices. Mm-hmm. And I love that you place these hurdles so that way it makes them stop think research before they can implement and spam everybody and I, I will not play those games and I will also and I think this is really important in all industries and I just don't think people do it it's really sad if someone sends me someone else's quote I will not mm-hmm. bid on it I immediately mm-hmm. tell the client oh I'm so terribly sorry but I you know it is unethical for me to look at someone else's quote and it really is a good idea for you not to send that intellectual property that that designer's been working on to other people. And I unfortunately can't bid on this and I'll just step out because I I love that. I don't want to teach the consumer that that is a good business practice because it's not. Anytime we spend as artists. How do you go about educating your customers on your practice? Because I feel like, do you have a lot of returning customers where you don't have to re-educate? Because I feel like brides, they get married once and you're constantly trying to re-educate new brides all the time with this process. How can you do less of yourself telling them and do it more passively, like on your website or on your DMs, building up your stories? I guess one of the I mean, I think it's important that we share our voices on social media and um, maybe even state those business practices on our websites so that they know. But I mean, that is the unfortunate thing about wedding work is that you are starting over and over and over and over again. But, you know, hopefully if you do a really beautiful job, you're going to end up getting the sisters and the bridesmaids as well. It is very important that we respect each other's uh, creative efforts because it does take a lot of time to do all of these contracts. And I personally don't have the energy or the time. And I just get so disappointed when I invest in someone who really wasn't my client anyways. So by asking those questions, Mm -hmm. I start to realize the importance of design and the importance of their relationship and the importance that flowers have in their day. And if I sense that that's not, you know, not the case, then it's not really a wedding I should be bidding on. Now, the other thing that we do that is really important is we do, of course, get the date. We do ask who the photographer is because that matters to me very much because maybe it's not an optimum budget or a venue that I love to work at, but it's a photographer that I love to work with. So the next step for us is once the inquiry comes in, then my 
my team kind of brings it to me and they say, look, we've gotten this lovely lead and I'm going to actually set this up. And we use a software called Details Flowers and they're going to start my invoice or my proposal. Now, in the very beginning, I used to handwrite all those proposals and I would never encourage doing that again. A very simple form that also works is QuickBooks. We did our invoicing in QuickBooks for a very, very long time because you can make custom line items you know, bridesmaids, a paper poppy or a paper peony. And that just becomes, you propagate it and you can just keep filling that in and you have a description line. So that was one of the systems we used in the beginning. But in details, flowers, Sydney will, we have captured the bride, how many maids, that there are 250 people coming. We've gotten a list of all of the order and that then this preliminary invoice Mm -hmm. or contract has been made. The terms go from contract Mm -hmm. to contract. It's a template. And then she gets that all ready for me. So when I go into this phone call, I'm ready and locked and loaded to start selling and getting it organized. We take visuals from the clients. We keep those visuals Mm -hmm. in Evernote. And it's really fascinating because Evernote, I'm using so much software that could kind of do what Evernote does. And it's kind of ridiculous to still do (laughs) Evernote. When I'm in a consultation, either virtually or, you know, when I'm sitting in person, Evernote is the easiest to drag and drop. Everything else you kind of upload Mm -hmm. and download. And an Evernote folder for each client allows me to drag and drop things through the consultation. I can screenshot really quick, drag it into her Evernote folder. I can do a internet search, find Mm -hmm. an image of something and then drag it in. So that folder, that visual folder helps us keep track of who this person is and what they really like and love. And that information is then inloaded up as well into this beginning contract that I will start my consultation with. So I'm looking at the visual contract that Sydney has created. It has all the line (laughs) items of all the things that I'm going to have to discuss and sell. And then I also have a folder in my Evernote folder that has all the visuals. So I kind of, and I read all the questions that we put up on the website. I know who the client is before I really get into a planned conversation. And I, you know, refer back to, oh, I see you met in Switzerland or whatever the heck it is, or you love dogs. And I go through the conversation, just discussing everything with them and I am quoting a price usually on that first phone call just because I want, it's so funny how fast we've all changed from in-person to phone call or, or it could, the first phone call or the first time you meet with them, I'm going through the prices and discussing with them where we're at because I want to look into their eyes and know if I'm overwhelming (laughs) them and know that, you know, because when you ask someone what their budget is, they will typically say, oh, I don't have a budget. And then you say, oh, so you'd like to spend $20,000 on flowers? And I'm like, oh, oh yeah. And then all of a sudden, so I think for me too, I, when I started getting bigger budgets, I was afraid to just send someone a contract without having a discussion Mm -hmm. with them to say, look, this is what, if I were to design it the way that I love to design and the way that I think you want it to look, 
this is roughly where it's at. And how do you feel about that? And do we need to make changes? And if they don't fall off the chair, then I start even adding, oh, or what about this installation? Or let's do this. But it's a great way to read your customer and know if they're with you, but also to assure them if adjustments need to be made, that you can do that because you don't want them to take your quote and then just go someone somewhere else and get something cheaper without knowing that they could have modified the contract exactly. with you. Yes. Does definitely. that make sense? How do you go about with like when you go through all this work p- putting together this proposal and they haven't really sent you any money? How do you you put all this work in and you're not getting paid for it? Like what happens at that point? How do you modify this so you don't spend all those hours to get this contract because it's the client seems to fit what you want in your mind. They have the budget you want, but they ended up going with someone else. And you spent all this time on this proposal. Well, unfortunately, that's just the way it is. I mean, you do have to invest the time. But that is also why we're vetting Mm -hmm. everyone, you know, before we spend time on it. There are certain planners that I know for certain, for for certain, for sure, for certain, that they will take that client to four or five different people. And sometimes it's just like, okay, I'm not going to work with that person anymore, right? So I've already decided who I want to work with and I know whether it's worth Mm -hmm. investing time. You know, I'm reading all of this information from them when they're responding to our emails and to our inquiries and looking at, you know, the fact that this is a legitimate lead and I, at that point, I'm making the decision to invest in it. And yes, sometimes you don't get the contract. However, if you don't put your best foot forward and you don't spend time on it, I mean, I don't know how else to get Mm -hmm. the order. It doesn't matter who you are in the industry. I mean, people say this to me all the time. Well, with all your years of experience, do you really still have to do that? Mm -hmm. I'm like, yes, because regular human beings out there in the world, they're not paying attention to flora culture. They don't know. They're they're coming to our business to purchase something and and for us to provide a service. We're to serve. They don't know about the accolades or anything else that we've done, and they really don't care. They want their Mm -hmm. product, and we have to provide something that's really beautifully executed and we'll lure them in. So our our contracts are really, really beautiful. They're very thought out. There's a lot of description. I may not be 100% clear about all of the flowers I would use. And I certainly don't tell them how many of each stem and that type of thing, but I give them a good enough description that they can understand. And I give them imagery to support what we're creating so that they feel like I really Mm -hmm. understand. And and it is painful when you don't get the job. I, I surely understand that and and it happens it happens to everyone it's just the way it is it really Mm -hmm. does it's just understanding it and just doing all the contracts and proposals as much as you can so you can get experience the next time you reach out to a client you know better how to phrase things how to reach out how to respond i think it's a huge learning curve for anybody when Mm -hmm. they go into this particular it is and it's also okay to write someone and say thank you so much you know for letting me know that i did not get the you know the contract but i'm just curious, what could I have done better? Or was there a reason why you chose to go in another direction? Because that is helpful too. And it's painful to ask and not everyone will respond and answer, but some people will. I mean, somebody told me once they picked another florist because she had some leprechaun at her front door (laughs) and it was something that they have at their home and it just made them have a connection. Okay, I need a leprechaun (laughs) at my door. Next time I will. (laughs) 
I mean, you're, it's also very fascinating and entertaining. You could hear a lot of really fun yeah. stories this way. <laughs> okay, so my other question is, what if a customer ghosts you? You spent all this time and then they suddenly just, it's dead air. Disappear. <laughs> and you email them, you call them and you're like, hello, anybody there? Well, yes. Okay, that too. <laughs> Again, there's nothing you can do. You have to be professional, you know, send two or three follow ups. And then usually on the last one, we'll say, you know, we've not heard back from you and, you know, we're going to remove the contract from our system. But our contracts do say that it's only good for a certain amount of time. I think it's um, 14 Mm -hmm. days or something. But yes, I mean, you have to let it go. If they ghost you, you can't keep chasing them. So, I mean, after two or three times, I think it's time to just say, okay, Mm -hmm. we lost that Mm -hmm. one. Yeah, but it's so so weird. Sometimes they'll be dead silence. And then two months later, they're like, oh, I, I totally dropped the ball. But here I am again. Or like, okay, let's refresh this again. Well, that's what I love. I mean, that Sorry, happens. I was going to say, that's what I love about Holly's even, even mentioning that the, the contract is only good for 14 days. Yes, definitely. Because <laughs> the circumstances definitely change. Mm-hmm. And particularly now, I mean, everything changes every day. But I, I mean, it does give you the opportunity to bow out if mm-hmm. you want to, if you have that in there. I mean, we have so many terms in our contracts and all of them are there just to protect us so that we can say no if mm-hmm. we want to. You don't have to say no just because the contract's no longer valid. But if you want to get yourself out of the situation, you can say, sorry, time's up. You know, it does really help. But yes, we have had girls that are like, oh, I, I just was so busy and overwhelmed and I decided not to work on flowers right now. And please forgive me, here <laughs> I am. And I mean, I... I get it because everyone is really stressed out and really busy. We had a girl write us over the weekend and apologize because she said she just got so overwhelmed and she realized she didn't know what she wanted and now she needs help. And God knows how long ago she (laughs) inquired. And I mean, right now in particular, they may get excited, get hopeful, start inquiring and then get cold feet because they don't know if they're really Mm going to have the event. So ghosting right now is probably at its highest. (laughs) (laughs) So, so true. (laughs) Ghosting is like the whole theme of 2020, right? (laughs) The whole year was like, (laughs) that's it. Uh, So is there anything else like with the contracting that would be helpful for your followers and listeners? Yes, one clarification word I would love to ask about you is in the past, a debate about retainer fee versus deposit fee. Which word do you use and why do you use it? I think I still habitually say deposit, but we mm-hmm. say retainer. It really is supposed to make a difference, but I pray to goodness that I never get to that place. Honestly, if somebody's going to come after you, it's going to take so much money to defend yourself. It's just, it's probably not even worth fighting anyways, one way or the other. But technically, I guess if you were one of those people who was going to get an attorney and invest in fighting, you would be better off to have a retainer. I myself would probably decide it would be less money to just not fight with them than get a lawyer. (laughs) Yeah, I know there's been Uh, so much controversy using retainer versus deposit. And you should just Google it. And there's so much discussion on this everywhere. Mm -hmm. So if you were looking for more information on this, I recommend that because use your own judgment and figure out what works best for you. But I think... Or go to a lawyer. Go to a lawyer. (laughs) Because my understanding is that the definition of it is very much dependent on the jurisdiction that you're in. So that might be the... The, the way to go if you have a contract that you're not quite sure. 
or mm-hmm. not? It's, is it a good idea? Is it not? But so Holly, after you've had this meeting with them or through either through a call or virtually or in person, and then they say, okay, I'm good to go. Then what happens? Then I take a 10% deposit, unless it gets to be like um, luxury wedding and it's so big that they need to have a payment plan. And then the final is due three weeks before. But the difference between me and you is that you guys begin working Mm -hmm. on it right away. So for, and you have to buy all of your materials and Mm -hmm. supplies. So I would think in your situation, maybe a 50% deposit is more mm-hmm. appropriate. I only take 10 because the majority of what I'm going to spend is going to happen three weeks before. That's when I'm going to pay all the labor. That's when I'm going to buy all the flowers. And that's when it becomes completely mm-hmm. non-refundable. So that my business practice is, and which has saved our company, is that I do not take any of the funds upfront that I don't need because I don't want to get myself in the rears mm-hmm. with the whole sailor. So I think it's very different with you guys because you get your goods will be coming in as soon mm-hmm. as they sign. So whatever your terms are, just make sure that they're very clear and that they've signed off on them. And then we actually, you know, after that first in-person or, or virtual contract, you know, they decide and determine the final price and we get that all straight and they sign off of it. And then we go over mm-hmm. everything again, just to make sure that we're all set. Yeah and clear and everything is the way it's supposed to be. So in that instance, our businesses are different because you guys are going to be needing all of those materials and you're going to be working on it Mm -hmm. from the beginning, from the very Mm -hmm. moment they sign off. So, you know, having the money up front to cover all of your supplies and the time that you're investing is going to be important, I would think. How do you deal with, are there, and I'm just saying this because I don't know what's in your contract, but how do you deal with brides or customers that say to you, I don't know, five weeks before the event that, oh, they want, they've, they've got a color change or they want to add something different or they're like, you know, we had the discussion, but now I've changed my mind. How do you deal with that? We had somebody who did a complete and total redesign. We would charge them a fee. And I think that we have that buried in our contract somewhere that it, that if the order is changed or manipulated, that it could cause an instance where we would have to reprice And I should Mm -hmm. verify that. But it doesn't happen to us very much. I mean, it says that they can add to their contract and I'm always happy to get Mm -hmm. more orders, but they can't diminish. They cannot reduce the order Mm -hmm. by 10%. So even though I'm not working in advance for them, we do not allow more than 10% reductions because, you know, we're depending on that income. With you all, I mean, you guys really, it's going to be so much easier to validate why you need Mm -hmm. the money up front and that the work is already happening. So you guys should maybe take a whole. Yeah, well, a lot of us do. A lot of us do. Take 100% up front. (laughs) Yeah. I think think that makes a lot of sense because you are, I mean, you're completely going to work from the day that they book you. So, because I know how long it takes to do your art. So I think that is a really important thing. If anybody isn't taking the money up front, then they're making a big mistake and they need to re redesign their contract yes, system. Yeah. So oh, interesting. I know that some of us do come across customers. I haven't personally, but I've heard stories, you know, customers that do want changes. And like you said, the uniqueness of our work is we start like from the very beginning. So to have to suddenly change or shift in the colors 
or the flowers. It's actually, I mean, it's so almost, hard. Yeah, it's almost impossible. Well, that's yeah. impossible. I mean, that would have to be, you would have to have that in your contracts and yeah. not allow it. I mean, they would own yeah. those pieces and they would have to purchase anything else that they yeah. were buying. For us, we just would charge like a redesign fee in that it's more time for me to sit down or rewrite the contract, but the flowers wouldn't already be ordered yet. So I could make mm-hmm. those changes. So that's just like the real difference between the yeah. two businesses. Mm-hmm. And we've had along the way, a few people who maybe their event wasn't going to happen. Someone broke up with someone. And I've been very lenient mm-hmm. about that along the way, simply because, you know, I want there to be a good energy out there in regards to my studio. And I want people to know that I'm caring and compassionate. I'm also, I mm-hmm. do have boundaries, but I mean, if someone, some tragedy happens or someone goes through a significant loss, I want to be as helpful as I can in that yeah. situation, because I believe, you know, good juju out, yeah. good juju in. With you all, you've got a product that's made. If that, if somebody really has a situation like that, maybe you can use the mm-hmm. network that you all have created and see, you know, if those flowers could be, you know, purchased and go to another event or mm-hmm. that type of thing. But I mean, again, because you're building so much up front, that all has very, very, very clear in your contracts that you begin designing for yeah. them right away. And that the expenses yeah. are real and they should understand yeah, that. Definitely. Sure. I have some ideas how to update my contract. I think this is really <laughs> smart. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's so funny. I didn't even think about that. The differences between the two until we started talking, but I think that's, yeah. that's really fun. Good to talk yeah. to you, isn't it? All right. We're going to end our podcast with our favorite question. What do you drink or what do you listen to or watch when you're doing your flowers? I have a playlist that is so random, like all over the place, every kind of music you could ever imagine. And I don't even know. I mean, I don't even know how it goes. The darn thing. <laughs> and then so so I do like to jam out. I really do like a lot of music in this shop. I have this crazy coffee that my son brings me that is, it's a cold coffee that's like Jack's. <laughs> Some little business that just started that is so, so good. And then you asked, what did I watch? I can't really watch anything when I'm designing. I have to yes. watch my hands. That's what I'm watching. Definitely. Oh, thank you so much, Holly. I I love seeing you. I love talking to you. And seriously, you're so generous with your knowledge and your experience. And I mean, I I think you're so right. You know, you just need to, I mean, in terms of educating, you just need to talk about it and share it. And Mm -hmm. so that everyone in the industry knows what, you know, what other people are doing, then you can kind of set a standard without, you know, without people either undercutting or overcutting without knowing, right? Like not on purpose, but just, you don't know, you don't know what other people are doing. And yeah, I know you're so generous. Thank you so much for sharing that. Well, thank you. That's a sweet, that's the strength in building a community. I mean, there were really no standards in the wedding and event industry before our organization for chapel designers. We kind of got together and set standards. And because you're art and your craft is still new and evolving. If you guys work together and think this through, then yes, you will set the standards for the future. And that's that's, yeah, that's beautiful. I'm really excited it's about awesome. this venture that we are carving into a new industry. I just yeah. love it. Yeah. You're wonderful. 
wonderful. It's so fun to yes. talk with both of you today. Yes, I love, love you. you, Holly. Likewise, yes, we love you. <laughs> and we're so excited to see you at the farm in 2022. Yes. That, I think oh my that's gosh, our first live in workshop. I'm going to announce it here because I want to make it happen. That is our goal for 2022. Yes. I, oh my yes. God. <laughs> I feel like localizing things, you can make things happen. So I'm putting it out there. Yes, let's say it yes. loud and clear because we need a lot of good energy <laughs> moving us towards being together exactly. again. Yes. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today. And Holly, thank you so much. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure to be with you. Bye. Bye. If you're looking for a way to support us, please hit subscribe and write us a review. We would appreciate it so much. You can also support us as a patron on patreon.com. Your contribution would help us continue to create great content for you and the Paper Flower community.